0: Do you hear these words from Peter? And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. We begin a new series here today. And we gather because we want to follow Jesus. And we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that God has the best things in mind for us. We believe that salvation is found through Jesus Christ, through the confession of our sins, and and walking in his ways. And we're really thrilled that you're here this morning. We're thrilled that we are growing as followers of Jesus and that you, for whatever motivation, whatever reason you're here, I'm just thankful that you're here. Jesus said that he is the light of the world, that Jesus said that, too, we are the light of the world. We're this reflection of him to the world that we walk in. This fall, we're going to wrestle with a book found in the Old Testament. And this book has potential to take areas of doubt and turn them into places of hope to take fear and shift them into places of faith. However, as we walk into this book, there may be a cost to this journey. There may be a cost because if you're comfortable with easy answers, there's some things that we're going to talk about and some things that are going to be said in this book that may move you out of that place of easy answers. Maybe it's going to move you into a place to unpack some areas that you've ignored or you've just been like, oh, I'm just going to have this simple little set reality and and just forget it there. Or maybe you have just waded into the waters of just a shallow faith, shallow Christianity. This is an opportunity to dive deeper into who God is. Now, I hope that in these coming weeks that you take these, you know, 25, 30 minutes, whatever this amount of time of the message portion, and that you go wrestle with it, that you do not just have it resolved here. And and I intentionally try not to wrap it all up in a bow and be like, here you go, have a great week, is that I want you to walk out with questions. I want you to walk out wrestling. I want you to be able to have conversations and be like, oh, that didn't quite sit right. Oh, why? And to walk through this. And so we are going to be in the book of Habakkuk, and it is in the Old Testament. The Scriptures are divided up into the Old Testament, which is really the story of Israel and God's people, and then the New Testament is Jesus and and beyond. And so if you are looking in Scripture and you're you're going through and and you see some of these minor prophets here, you're getting close, all right? There's Habakkuk, fifth book from the, the end of the Old Testament. You can get there. Now, I've had one question about this series more than any other, and the question is, is how do you pronounce his name? There is a debate that is stirring a little bit of how to pronounce the name. Now, um, there's a, a couple different ways that I've heard is Habakkuk. I have heard Hot or Habakkuk or, I mean, whatever variation there. Now, you're going to hear me say Habakkuk. And just a scholar I listen to pronounces it that way, so I'm going to lean into that. If you want to call him Hab or Bach or whatever, go for it. Or you could be like, hey, that book that we're studying at church, whatever the pronunciation is, you can do that. But we've entitled our series, Hope in the Dark. And this is a conversation between Habakkuk and God. This is the framework that it is. Here's the outline of the entire narrative. First, it starts with a complaint or a lament. A lament is this cry out in pain or suffering, and then there's an answer from God. Habakkuk complains, laments again. There's another answer from God. And then finally, Habakkuk at the end gives a prayer of trust and worship. I heard this book described as, uh, wrapped up as a hope-filled why. It addresses this question, and we could have entitled this series, Why? God, why, why God, why why is this happening, why this reality, why? Because Habakkuk asked that question and then we do the same thing too. I've asked that question, you've most likely asked that question. I stood with a family just a little over a week ago in the middle of a tragic reality who asked that very question. Habakkuk does this twice. Now to frame in this narrative, There was an individual named King Josiah who reigned over the nation of Israel for about 30 years. And this was a season of great reformation, a great renewal, great return to faith. Things were good. Then after his death, the nation declined and King Jehoiakim came in. And scripture describes him as evil and doing detestable things. You can Google and find some of those things that people think that he was doing, which I would say they are evil and very detestable. But there is a nation in decline following their leader after the season of renewal and revival. And in this book, Habakkuk says, hey God, um, we, the nation of Israel, the Israelites here, we are sinning. There's all sorts of violence and injustice and we're not following your word we're a mess, how long are you gonna put up with this? God says, well, thank you for telling me this, I'm aware, I know what's happening and I'm gonna answer you and this is how I'm gonna answer you. You know your enemy, the the Babylonians, Uh, they're gonna be part of the answer. They're gonna come in, they're gonna cause all sorts of destruction and this is the answer and is like, whoa, question number two. Complaint number two, lament number two. We're bad, but they're worse. This was already a bad situation. Now, God, you're saying this situation is gonna get even worse, and you're gonna use the people who are even more sinful, who are even more, like, not following you, and you're gonna go this way. God says, yep. I'm aware of their sin. I'm aware of what's going on with them. Ultimately, they're gonna fall, but it's going to be slow. And it's not going to happen in your time frame. It's going to happen in a different time frame. Those who, who bring violence and destruction, justice is coming for them. And God's saying, ultimately, I'm going to save you. But it's not today. And we see in the scope of history, about 10 years later, Jerusalem fell. It was destroyed. The first temple was destroyed in In 587 BC. And so today in the book, and in the next number of weeks in Habakkuk, we're going to address some questions. Like, is God sovereign? Does God have things under control? God seems to be this way and then this way, and it seems incongruent. It doesn't align well. Is God good? Why is there suffering? And with that suffering, why does God seem to use people who are quote-unquote worse or more sinful in situations? And why does it look like they're succeeding? Will suffering ever end? What does it mean to lament? What is lament? Is lament allowed? Can we question God? Because it appears that Habakkuk question God. And what did God do? He answered him. Can we question God? Can we question what's happening? What is the ultimate outcome of injustice and idolatry? What is the role of faith in all of this? So like Habakkuk, we ask these same questions today. Why God? How long is this going to happen? Why is this happening? God works in a really different way. You know, because if we had these questions answered today, whatever you're walking through, whatever your reality is in life, if God answered these questions right now, would you be like, oh, okay, that makes sense, I'm good. No, you're still in the middle of whatever that is. And once this problem or situation or difficulty is done with and resolved, probably gonna face something else again there's gonna be another health issue, there's gonna be another financial issue, there's gonna be another relational issue, there's gonna be something else. And it's easy, and we see why people give up. Give up on other people, give up on themselves, give up on life. In the midst of this reality that I have this one and then there's probably more things coming, that's heavy. And you may be feeling that heaviness right here today going like, what am I getting myself into and why did I come to church? I was a whole lot happier a minute ago when we were singing all those songs. But we're gonna walk through these questions. We are gonna wrestle with these realities. We wanna land in a place that Habakkuk lands in. Habakkuk 2, verse four says this. See, the enemy is puffed up you may look around and there may be people or situations or realities where you just feel like that is puffed up and they're like, got it, I'm winning. Habakkuk is like, I see this. The Lord is saying, I see the enemy and his desires are not upright. But the righteous person, the Lord says, will live by his faithfulness or will live by faith. So the Lord is saying to Habakkuk and he's saying to us is that, yes, it's hard. Yes, there's difficulty and there will be more. But the righteous, those reflecting Jesus, will live by faith, will walk in trust, not fully comprehending or understanding what is happening now. You probably don't, but you walk by trust and by faith. And at the end, Habakkuk, he chooses to trust God even when it's hard. And if you follow along this week in the One Daily Decisions, our readings that we give out each week, you're going to read a whole bunch of laments from the psalmist. All these situations of, why, God, I can't believe this, this enemy is against me, this is going on, this is going on. And they resolve with this, yet I will trust, yet I'll follow. And I invite you this week to wrestle through those, to to attach yourself to certain emotions or realities that you're there. Now I'm gonna ask for some help this morning. Some of you may have realized there's some chairs set up here. And I need three volunteers. I have not picked anyone ahead of time. We're gonna read the book of Habakkuk this morning because I want you to hear it in whole. And not all of you would read it if I said go home and read it. So we're gonna read it here. So I need three volunteers, someone that is willing to read, can read with some confidence, some ability here. So why don't you just come forward? I'm not gonna pick you out. I'm just gonna trust that someone's coming. I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna be really pleased with uh, the volunteers. There we go, there's one. I'm very pleased with one volunteer. All right, there's two, there's three. Oh, look at this, there's like five people coming. Uh, Awesome, so thank you for the others who have volunteered. You, You guys can spread out a little bit if you want, unless you guys want to be cozy, I don't care, so. So I recognize, and I told Chris this earlier this week, this goes against everything I've ever been taught or learned about public presentations about group dynamics, is that you normally, you just like, read like two verses, get their attention back, say something interesting, read another verse, but that says more about us in our human condition than the Word of God, and the Word of God has always been read publicly and in large chunks of Scripture, and I have confidence, just like I had confidence in the first service, that you're going to be able to stay with it, or you're going to be able to reconnect That's why there's some different voices. So when you zone out when Rob's reading, then, you know, Stephen's voice, you would be like, oh, I'm back, right? That's that idea. There you go. So just come back if you walk away. And this is your assignment as you listen, is what word or sentence or phrase or paragraph or concept you just, is highlighted. It's like the Spirit of God just took a highlighter and said, I want you to hear this. I want you to notice that. And you can read along in Scripture. I think it's gonna be on the screen as well. Um, And so as we read, so um, you guys just go ahead and read straight through and Rob, thanks for kicking us off. Appreciate it.
1: cities. By building building earthen ramps, they capture them. They sweep past like wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foes pull up, uh, pulls all of them up with the hooks. He catches them on his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net he lives in luxury, he enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep
2: on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that Harold may run with it. For the revelation awaits appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest, because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and make himself wealthy by extortion? How long must this go on? Will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey because you have plundered many nations. The peoples who are left will plunder you for you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his, high, his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many peoples, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. "'Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed "'and establishes a town by injustice. "'Has not the Lord Almighty determined "'that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, "'that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? "'For the earth will be filled with the knowledge "'of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. "'Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, "'pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk "'so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. "'You will be filled with shame instead of glory.' Now it is your turn, drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you and your destruction of animals will terrify you for you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts his own creation He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, Come to life, or to a lifeless stone, Wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him.
3: A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet Lord, I have heard of your fame, I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our own time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood, the earth shook. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed, but he marches on forever. I saw the tents of Cushion in distress and dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow and you called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers and the mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by, And the deep roared and lifted its waves on high the sun and the moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows at the lightning of your flashing spear in wrath you strode through the earth and in anger you threshed the nations you came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one you crushed the leader of the land of wickedness and you stripped him from head to foot with your own spear you pierced his head when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding, you trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard, and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept in my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. For the director of music on my stringed instruments.
0: I mean, what, we don't turn a blind eye to them. We don't just bury them. I mean, That is extremely unhealthy. We need to bring them to the surface. We need to talk about them. We need to share with the people around us, people all around. But we don't stay there. We don't stay with our problems. We continue to move to our promises. And when we're drawn back to our problems, we go to the promises of God. And we just keep going to God again and again and again. Second Corinthians Chapter one, verses 20 through 22 says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, and there are over 3,000 promises in scripture that God makes, they are yes in Christ. And so through the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So every promise, all 3,000 plus of them, is a yes through Jesus. And Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the son of God, that he is fulfilling these promises. And our amen, this let it be, is to God's glory. So every time we stand in those promises, every time we, we step into that, God receives glory, this let it be. I'm trusting God in the middle of this. We stand firm in trust and hope, this confident expectation that God is doing a work. And then the spirit of God is deposited into us as this seal, this promise that he is at work and good things are coming. See, trouble is guaranteed in our world. Always gonna be problems. But what we do is we stand firm in the promises of a God who keeps them. Just real briefly here, consider this list of 10 promises that Savannah Lindell put together. First, God promises you strength. He says, out of his glorious riches, just the immense riches of who he is, he's gonna strengthen you with power through the Spirit of God. He promises you rest. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He's saying, take my yoke, learn from me. God promises to take care of all of your needs. It says, God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God promises to answer your prayer. It says, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and that door is gonna be opened. God promises to work out everything for your good. Scripture says that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God promises to be with you Scripture tells us that he's never gonna leave us nor forsake us, that he's gonna go with us wherever we go. He promises to protect you. The psalmists again and again talk about how God is your refuge and your fortress in whom we can trust. He promises freedom from sin. Scripture tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, will forgive our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Scripture also tells us that if the son sets us free, you're free indeed. He promises that nothing can separate you from him. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, present nor future, nor powers, height nor depth, nothing else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God promises you everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal or everlasting life. These are promises from God to strengthen you, give you rest, take care of your needs, answer your prayers, work out for your good, be with you, protect you, freedom from sin. Nothing can separate you, give you everlasting life. But it's not always in my time. It's not always in your time. And it's not always the way that I want it to unfold, nor the way you want it to unfold. I heard someone this week talk about how this perspective of God, Of so often what we're doing is we're, we're playing checkers God's playing chess. We're doing basic addition, well, two plus two is mm, four. Yes! God's doing advanced calculus. And we try to pull God back into, like, but God, two plus two is four. And God's like, I know, but I'm doing something more. I'm working. I'm working. God is faithful, and we can trust him. So often, we can talk about faith. We can talk about, Faith being like a stool. This is a classic illustration, right? You've probably seen this before. It's like, okay, there's, it's solid. It's there. I can put my faith in this stool like I can put my faith in Jesus. And what we do is we're like, all right, I have faith in Jesus. Woo, all right. That's good and true and right, right? God's going to hold me. And so often what we do is we're like, I'm good. Sitting upright, going along, things are good. But there's so much more to this. It's like not just like my strength sitting here in faith it's those times where i'm like i just have to hold on like and there's a stability to faith there's a trust the world is swirling around me it's chaotic and if i hold on because i can't sit upright like things are falling apart i just have to hold on my love for jesus grows in that reality. Because there's something about just being self-sufficient. Like, yeah, I love Jesus, I'm good, when everything's nice. But when it's dark, just hold on. And it changes you. If you've not walked through a dark season, it's coming. And you have an opportunity to hold on dearly and deeply to Jesus. If you're in it now or it's coming, he is the same as he was yesterday and he'll be in the future. Habakkuk c- held on. Yet I will, yet I will. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna hold on. So I encourage you, with the problems that are around you or in your world, whatever it is, where's your focus? To continually return to that problem, or is it pushing towards this promise of God? of who he is and how God sees me, knows me, and loves me. And the promises that we saw on the screen, yes, acknowledge the problem, yes, talk about the problem, but remember the promises of God and lean on the promises of God. Hold dear to Jesus as he holds dear to you. I'm gonna invite Chris to come. We're gonna sing a song that we sang earlier, the Yes and Amen song. And this time around, I'm gonna invite you to consider it as a prayer. Uh, Maybe you just need to contemplate the words. Let's start there. Maybe you just need to think about these words. Do I believe these words? Do I trust these words? Do I trust Jesus? Be honest, don't lie, be honest. And then maybe for you, it is a prayer of this is my heart's desire I want my confidence to be in you. I want to lean on your promises. I'm just not there right now. Or maybe for you, it is a proclamation of like, yep, today, I'm proclaiming this. Whatever this situation is, whatever it is, I'm proclaiming it. And I said earlier, I'm gonna invite you in a surrendered state. And maybe for you, it is a physical reality of opening your hands. You've seen me do this if you've been here long enough often what we do, and I've done this so many times and I still do this too often, is that like, I'm like, no, God, I know what's best. When God says, nah, you really don't, let me, let me. Open your hands, surrender, let me. Because not only can God take things that he needs to from us, he can he can put things in there much easier than if I'm like this. So what is that thing that you just need to surrender before the Lord? Or you need to say, God, I wanna surrender this. I'm not, not there yet, but I wanna be there. Would you take this time, as Christ leads us, um, to process, to pray, to proclaim, whatever it may
1: be, with these words.
4: Thou grace, you brought me out of darkness, you have filled me. see Promises are yes, and amen. Yes. Beautiful Savior, you have brought me near, you pulled me from the ashes. your faithfulness yes i will rest in your promises my confidence is your faithfulness and i will rest in your promises my confidence My confidence is your faithfulness. Faith.
0: you've heard the prayers that were just prayed in the last few minutes. You've heard the proclamation. Um, Lord, you know the processing too. Jesus, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, your love for us, it is an unfailing love. God, we don't always understand what is happening or the whys behind it, but God, I pray that in this season, you would increase our faith and our trust. God, that we would turn to your promises, that we would turn to one another. God, for that strength, that encouragement God of others who are seeking you. Lord, I pray that we would trust your word more and more and more. We see your promises, Lord, just pop from the pages of scripture. Lord Jesus, here today, God, for whatever's being faced, pray that we would lean, we would put our faith in your promises, pray that you would be our confidence. And God, for anyone here watching online who's not put their faith in you as their Lord and Savior, one of your promises is confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Lord, you desire for us to know you. And God, in this moment, God, you desire right relationship. And Lord, you welcome anyone into your family, God, who confesses their sins, who proclaims you as Lord and Savior. And just in this moment, if there's anyone here, just quietly in your heart and confess that sin, whatever it is, all that sin to God. or even if this is a renewal for you in this time and confess whatever sins in your life. Lord, hears it and forgives it. Purifies you, the word says. Think of the words that were sung at you earlier. Pure offering. You welcome us to yourself. So Jesus, we love you. God, in this season, strengthen our faith and our trust. God, thank you that you are unchanging. Thank you that you steady us. We pray this in your name, amen.